0: Let's start off uh, asking this question. I'd like to get your input. I'd like to get a couple of realtors' inputs like on this to... bad boy. <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute, you're, you're a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. But uh, as far as uh, where you guys think prices are headed in the short term versus the long term in terms of what you see at the end of the year in comparison to what you see in, say, the next three to four months, do you think? Because obviously with interest rates going down, like we were saying, we've come down nearly a percent since the start of the year. Yeah, We're starting to see that price tick up more and more each each month do you think that trend continues until you know like the the midpoint of the the summer and then you kind of see that drop off or do you think we're kind of in a that's full the typical blown recovery trend.
1: that's the typical trend yeah now whether we'll follow the typical trend this year is kind of a crap shoot. yeah um what you're gonna see happen that we haven't been seeing in the last six to nine months is you're gonna see bidding wars happen again Mm -hmm. going into the spring here and that doesn't mean because Mm -hmm. prices are gonna go so wildly out of control that everyone's gonna be in a bidding war it's because once things start to settle out Mm -hmm. once these interest rates have started to come back down people will start to employ that strategy of underpricing again and that's typically a move that people do when they want to sell faster and cleaner Mm -hmm. right because if you price your property at its market value, it's gonna take you longer to sell it, yeah. and you're likely gonna end up with an offer with a lot of conditions. Yeah. So that underpricing strategy, now that it's been used, and Joe's talked about this in the past, but now that it's been used, and it's been so successful for sellers, yeah. it doesn't matter what market we, we settle into, I think it will always continue to be used when when things calm down a little bit. So whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market or whatever, people can underprice their their listing knowing that they're going to get more boots through the door. Mm-hmm. They're going to get more offers on the table come offer date. Mm-hmm. Um, and likely at least a few of those offers are going to be clean offers where yeah. there's like less conditions and, and you're not going to see those house to sell conditions. And yeah. um, But that doesn't mean these houses are going to sell for crazy amounts of money yeah either yeah right so i don't think i think to your question i think going into the spring yeah we're going to see the the average sale price tick up a little bit here Mm -hmm. through through the year um but i don't think consumer confidence is at a level right now with the way the world is that the prices are going to get out of control even though windsor has a lot of development happening we have a lot of big corporations and 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 factories and things being built here job prospects are high i just think consumer confidence is still really shaky Mm -hmm. and i think that is going to limit where the pricing goes for real estate i i just don't see people being ready to 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 have that frenzy start all over again Mm -hmm. that's my that's that's my opinion but i you know i read a lot and i and i watch a lot of of um news reports and yeah. and listen to a lot of podcasts and that seems to be sort of the
2: so i track the stats over the last 20 years yeah you're um, the numbers guy big stock can... guy big stock guy yeah yeah um january to february over the last 20 years 62 and a half percent of the time it's positive growth which is what we saw this year uh february to march 75 <clears> percent <throat> of the time is positive growth once you get to March, April, April to May, 81% of the time over the last 20 years, we've seen positive growth. And averaging March to April, 3.75% growth and one23 from May to June or April to May. But once you get to May to June, only 50% of the time have we seen positive growth. So it's kind of a coin toss once you get yeah. to that May to June. Um, so usually we peak somewhere around May or June. And I mean, we don't know, depending on the confidence of the consumer, which way we're going to see. It's um, been
1: delayed to, to this point, I yeah, would say. Yeah, like, I, You're not seeing a typical well, in the five March year... and a typical beginning of April. You're not. That's not what's happening out yeah.
2: there right now. The five-year fix are coming down. We saw that this morning as well. Mm. Um, so even though it's been delayed, um, the, the banks are starting to feel pressure competitive-wise. Uh, and I think they are going to start bringing their rates down just a little bit now it's funny once you get to june july 56 percent of the time we've seen a negative drop mm. um, going into the summer and i think this is just everybody's gone through that spring rush and there is more focus on vacations warmer weather barbecues on the weekends and things so um the biggest drop is usually that August to September, Labor Day weekend into back to school. 81% of the time over the last 20 years, we've seen a negative drop as much as an average of 2.63%. But long-term, looking at what our city was doing, um, our city for the last 16 years has averaged a 7.6% growth on average. Obviously, the last few years have a lot to do with bringing that average up. Um, but if we were to just look at the years prior to the pandemic, so say 2016 to 2019, um, we average 14% growth on the average sale price of a home. So what you see here is more of that infrastructure and expansion in yeah. the city, a lot more um, People are starting to move here because the years prior to that, if I were Mm -hmm. to just go 2010 right after the last recession until 2015, we averaged 4.11, which is more of an average real estate market. The only reason we've ended up at 7.6 over the last 16 years is because of the last five or six years. But the pandemic inflationary years 2020, 2021 and 2022, or even if you just go 2020 and 2021. We were averaging 28% growth, which is we don't even I don't even consider these numbers when I'm when I'm running. Right. I, I want to see what was our city doing before the inflation? What was our city doing before the pandemic? And the confidence in our city from that 2016 to 2019 was 14% growth. And this may be something we can expect on the other side. Coming out over the next few years because of the amount of jobs and um, buyers coming to a market, it's already so. If you look at
1: where our average sale price is trending right now on that chart, and I know you can't see it if you're listening or watching this right now, but um, we're we're really quite in line almost with like a 2021. Probably no, like November,
2: a, end of year 2021. Yeah, we're like almost dead on. Late
1: 2021 pricing.
2: We are only $200 <laughs> off the average sale price of November 2021. Right. So 2022 is just a wash. And
1: 2022 should be a wash because that January to May yeah. of 2022 was insane. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. didn't make sense. Nobody was really following any uh, trends that were realistic. They were just buying in a frenzy because the market looked like it was running away with itself. And it every year people thought, well, maybe it'll get better this year. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And then I think um, as soon as they started raising those interest rates, everything fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. But when people say like, oh, the market's crashed or the market's tanking or this or that, it's not. And it hasn't. And the only thing that really happened was we'd lost those artificial gains that you saw through November of 2021 and May or June of 2022. We just
2: lost those gains. Many people don't know, but we're actually up almost 19% on average sale price since December. Uh, Everybody thinks we're still in this like deep um, recession in the real estate market we did see a very very severe decline of 38 39 percent from the peak of march all the way down to december but since december we're actually back up 19 percent um last month ended at 571 and we haven't seen numbers like that since july of 20 2022 now if the month were to end today in april we are down to 565 but the we are gonna see that number increase. The reason is obviously the month's not over yet and a lot of larger listings with pools and whatnot are Water holding off and- are holding off to the end of April. So right. and because of Easter weekend, many people didn't list the week before. Um, so a lot of the houses that did list might be the ones that aren't worried, um, that have maybe lower average sale prices that are just busy in general, but your higher priced homes are going to be holding off for the second half of April. So the second half of April will probably spike this number up. I don't think our growth is done yet. I think we'll probably see growth at least till May. Um, and then it's anyone's guess if we continue to see growth, as I said, it's about 50, 50 chance that we see growth into June, July. Um but i do think the worst is over i'd be very surprised if we dropped back down 19% yeah i i, I just do, don't see just that there's
1: no indicators for that at least here in the in the Windsor Essex area like i mean i touched on it a few minutes ago but like the just the sheer amount of business yeah. and job prospect mm-hmm. coming here with the the factories and the facilities and and all the big projects that are being built I, like there's just an, that's an offset to whatever's happening economically. I think
2: there's yeah. another, another job announcement um, for the Windsor area. Uh, it was, was it Meg, uh, Megna's international Windsor expansion, 110 more jobs to be added to the Windsor job market. Um, so that's nice.
1: And you have to remember yeah. too, like a lot of these big things that are happening, the trickle down effect isn't even like talked about. Mm-hmm. So like when I, when I, you know, battery plant is coming and they say it's going to be 2,500 new jobs, like just for that plant. Yes. But for all of the, all of the the smaller places that the feeder plants and all those things that go into that, like they're going to have to increase
0: their workforce as well. So now you touched on a point in terms of uh, the low price strategy. That's something that, you know, I think the, the lower price range i'd say 550 below we've been seeing a little bit of it Mm -hmm. now do you think there's a correlation with last year was that kind of the first because obviously me speaking from a a perspective of i wasn't in the market at this time last year so when you guys started to see those prices kick up did you find that that was one of the first times you saw a low price strategy deployed as as that much like where you're seeing i'm going to list this at 399 whereas the value of the house is probably closer to 550 and then someone Pushes the envelope even a little bit more to like $650. because you're almost just kind of blindly guessing in the dark as far as, you know, where where are people gonna push this to? It, did it, you think that was kind of given it, it, the first time or was have we seen this in Windsor prior? No, it's been
1: happening for five or six years yeah. probably. Um, but it does, it did sort of start with a, oh, it's gonna, you know, we're gonna underprice it by, you know, 20 or 30,000 and it did climb and it did get more and more and more and more until it kind of ran away with itself. Um, The one thing that I will say, it's never guessing in the dark Um, for, for some clients out there that aren't working with a a realtor closely and they're kind of just following, um, you know, on their own online, watching things on realtor. It seems like guessing in the dark because they're like, my God, I don't know, you know, what to, Look at I don't know what things are going to sell for, but Mm -hmm. our job as realtors is to um, watch these markets really closely and do our comparative market analysis and, and dig in and figure out what transactions look like they're, you know, true transactions and which ones are arm, arm's length transactions. And we have to kind of try to weed those ones out and then we can come to a value. So when a client is working with us and they say, I really like this house and it's listed for 599 and i can look at that house now and in 5 seconds in my brain i can say well that house is worth 799 yeah. all day long yeah. because i know what the area is you know pulling for prices and i know how that house compares to you know 5 or 6 or 7 other houses in the area that have sold recently and we can really Start the more houses that are selling throughout the year too. We we start to get a bigger pool of compare comparables to yeah. to draw from. So we never want to go in and try to like just throw numbers at things. And there are some people out there who do it just to win. Yeah, um, that was what I was But, well, re- but our but yeah. our job is not to do that for our clients. Even, our listing, even listings even sure listings right
2: that, now, like I have to tell my clients that you're you're the trendsetter for this next spring market because right now the data is still very limited. There's not a lot of data to support what house prices are right now. Um, everything that's sold in January, February is not a clear indication of what's going to sell in March, April, May. Um, and so now that we're coming into April, May, I really have maybe four weeks to go off of uncomparables. And right. if there's not a house that's comparable, then we're going to be the ones setting that comparable so for the then, next person. So then
1: what's important is the is the numbers game and the things that, that that we're looking at here where if I don't have a comparable to draw from because there hasn't been an active comparable in the last sixty days, let's say. Yeah. The chart that we just looked at, we can look back and say, okay, well, where is our average sale price sit in comparison to previous months or years Mm -hmm. and and right away we can see okay look we're how's their trading right now about what they were trading around november of 2021 so when you start to get sort of washed away with no not enough comparables and you don't really know where to turn you start to look at statistics like that and you say okay Let's look in that neighborhood in that time frame of November of 2021 and let's see, let's work out the average sale price of that neighborhood and then let's look at comparable houses in that time frame. It's not gonna it's not gonna be an exact science, but at least you can come to your clients with numbers that start to make sense. Because mm-hmm. you can't just pick numbers out of thin air and just hope that you're not letting your client overpay by fifty thousand right. dollars. You have to start looking at those statistics and going, this is what I've based my recommendation on Mm -hmm. and they ultimately it's still the client's decision in the end what they want to offer on a home right but our job is to make sure that they're not putting themselves in a position that
2: i have a graph here not everybody's gonna be able to see but you'll see all the years leading up to about 2017 um, the trend was you list the house a little bit higher than what it was worth and leave room to negotiate and the average seems to have been what maybe four or 5% below what list price was. That was for as long as, you know, from 2022 all the way till about 2017. Once we got to 2017, we started seeing things selling at about 100% list price. So what that usually is, is a mixture of two strategies. Some people are still using the old, where some are still using, some are starting to use the underpriced new strategies, and it usually will even it out around 100. So not every house was obviously selling Um, not every single house was selling hundred percent of what they're listing for. There's some obviously still selling below, but then there were some using that strategy. And then you can see how that strategy has just taken over. And in 2021, it had hit a peak of 27% above list price. And then right now we're back down to what we were seeing in 2017, 2018 with that mixture of strategies being used. Um, but I won't be surprised if we see this graph go back over 100. It will, it will. Yeah.
1: I think in the in the in the short term, um, but but you're not going to see it go back up mm-hmm. to 127 percent of, of mm-hmm. its selling price. I think you're going to see it. People will start to employ that strategy. You're going to see things selling for mm-hmm. like 10 to 15 percent mm-hmm. over. Because yeah. that craziness is...
2: So Christian, to answer your question, I, I would say by the looks of this graph, somewhere maybe late 2016, you can see it starts trending up into that 2017 is probably when that strategy was implemented. Because you can clearly see the years prior, yeah. that just wasn't the strategy people were using. It never was.
1: Yeah, just remember, this graph is all just based on strategy. This isn't based on what things are selling for, Yeah. right? This is a percentage of what they're listed for. And you can list your house for whatever you want. Yeah. So it's whatever the predominant strategy is at that time that d- dictates where this graph goes. Yeah. And if people start to say, holy crap, these people that are using the underpricing strategy are getting great prices and they're selling their house in four days again and they're getting no conditions, that's going to become the predominant strategy again.
2: Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want that? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you usually have somebody who doesn't want to lose and that's going to push the envelope and sometimes outperform what market suggests. And that's why you see market growth is because now it's outperformed the average. So now that becomes another comparable. And then the next person wants to outperform that average and that becomes, and then you see growth. Um, that
0: That was more or less what I was referencing in terms of kind of working in the dark was because like there's been instances where, you know, there's, I'm in a, I'm in a situation where there's about 10 or 11 other offers along yeah. with myself and that, you know, you kind of do exactly what you said, Steve, which is you use, you know, historical analysis, yeah. you use comparatives, you do the best that you can do to arrive at a number that makes sense to both you and your client. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's their decision. But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, it comes to a close and it's not yours. That's the winning offer. And then you come to find out that somebody pushed that envelope yeah. 40 50,000 yeah. more than what you arrived at and yeah. that's when it's like, well, yeah, you can't what's the you can't
1: you can't the thing that you'll have to always tell your clients is you can't compete with those people. yeah, Because that's the slippery slope. Yeah. You can all day long you can say, "Well, I think you should I think it's worth around X dollars, but it could sell for X amount more than that or X amount more than that or like you can't play that game. You have to stay pretty true to the numbers and stay true to helping your clients find something that actually makes sense for them to buy. Otherwise you can very easily put your clients underwater, and that is happening to a lot of people from these last couple of years of of real estate trading where somebody bought something at the absolute peak in April of 2022. And now the interest rates have gone up and they're, they've got this house that they spent a million dollars on and it's only worth you know, 750 now. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that we want to try to avoid. Now, that's not entirely avoidable in the sense that when they paid a million dollars for that house, other things were also selling for a million dollars yeah. around the year. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a tough thing. You can't predict when the market is going to correct entirely. Um, but my advice would just always be. Stay pretty true to your numbers and then give them all the information available and then say, but if you guys feel comfortable going higher than that, that's your yeah. decision. Yeah. If you guys want to, you know, because anything can happen in these multiple offer situations. Yeah. But my recommendation is here's what the house is worth. And I think you should try to stay around that number. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes you'll, you'll win and sometimes you won't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But... It, it's
2: this is a, we're not
1: going to play that game that some other people are playing where they just want to bid
2: high to win. Yeah, this right? is interesting. Take a look at this one. So, this is months of inventory graph. Um, months of inventory basically is if the market were to stop having listings coming on the market um, today, how long would it take to run out of our supply? And right. um, typically, you know, I, I think a balanced market would be somewhere in the five to eight range. I want to say. I...
1: So, I think what it is is a balanced market is around actually four to five months of inventory. You start to you start to lean into a into a pretty balanced market. It's seller's market. You've got somewhere something under four months of inventory is a seller's market.
2: And we're kind of trending back towards that. So, in January of last year, we were at three. Uh, three months of inventory dropping all the way down to as low as two months of inventory in the month of March that's extremely low and that's why we saw prices skyrocket the way we did
1: Well, did we not have at one time like two weeks of inventory where's that Mm. there was a time when we had under one month of of inventory available and it may have been it may have been not in 2022 may have been back in like 2021 when things were crazy yeah it could have
2: been 2021 so then it obviously went way up um, peaking in January, and we felt that for sure. In nine Jan- months of inventory. Nine months of inventory. So that's, a, buyer,
1: that's a buyer's market. For but sure. I called that an artificial buyer's market.
2: Because, because the buyers were there, they just were holding off?
1: Well, because what was happening during those months was the market was transitioning, and listings were stacking up but it wasn't because we had this overabundance of supply. Mm -hmm. It was because sellers' expectations at that time were still what they were getting in April and May of 2022, and buyers did not have the affordability with the interest rates where they were to pay those prices. So supply was only stacking up because the buyers stopped buying Mm -hmm. houses because the prices were too high.
2: Yeah, and we, we talked about that. Basically, during those times, Everybody thought that the prices were going to come back, but the buyers were just always there. They were just on the sidelines watching and waiting. the The supply issue was always still an issue. Um, it just was very deceiving because everybody was on hold. Non. And it will
1: continue to be. Like our issue is still. But look at what's one happened of, of supply.
2: Look at what's happened since January. Those buyers slowly start coming back. Drop down to eight months of inventory. Now we're back down to six months of inventory, which we haven't seen since almost. June when we are at five, um, so we're at six months of inventory, obviously trending downward, um, possibly back below the four in the near futures. So if this trend continues we could be back right back into a seller's market.
1: Yeah. And that's that's based again just to, to clarify, that's based on the sales rate, like how fast these things are selling. It's not actually based on the fact that we somehow from April of 2022 to January of 2023, we didn't quintuple our inventory of, of housing. It's not like Mm -hmm. we all of a sudden just got five times more houses on the market. It was just that houses were being purchased five times less at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it can be deceiving.
2: So lots of, lots of inventory now is going to start hitting the market now yeah. that we're getting warmer weather. We're coming into mid-April. Mid-April, once you get to the other side of that Easter weekend, warmer weather, we do typically start to see more houses. I'd expect us to see almost double what we've been seeing in previous weeks this week alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that trend will probably continue all the way through June, July. Um, so a lot of inventory coming now. The question is, and we have to watch for, is... that is that many more buyers also joining the market and that's what we can't see on on paper as much The only thing that we can really predict
1: is um, that the interest rates will will keep prices down not from a mental standpoint but literally from an affordability standpoint right it's not like people are gonna think all the interest rates are high I don't want to pay that much they're gonna Mm -hmm. say "Oh, the interest rates are high I can't afford to pay that much Right. Like houses were trading in 2021 with an interest rate. Some people were getting interest rates of like one and a half percent. And so people could go out and spend one point two million dollars on a home in Lakeshore because their pre-approval allowed them to do that. But those same people aren't going to get pre-approved for one point two million dollars at four point six percent. Or I guess for a $1 million dollar house, you have to have 20 down. I think you you're still getting something in the fives for a conventional mortgage there's just not the affordability there It's not like everybody in Windsor and Essex County is is you know working a job that their pay went up 33 percent so prices will be kept more consistently down as the interest rates have leveled off around this four and a half to five point two five percent I just don't think you can see prices run away with themselves when people don't have the pre-approvals and they don't have the affordability to spend that.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. It will hit a ceiling eventually. Right. Um, and then maybe slowly slowly grow from there yeah. um, with norm, normal inflation. With wages and, and inflation, inflation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so obviously now that we're coming into the spring market, uh, everyone's getting their backyard spring cleaning together. Uh, we just sent a mailer out to our clients to help them get their spring cleaning um, done. But pools, obviously big one. A lot of your houses with pools are going to start to hit the market in the coming weeks. Um, and I'm I'm feeling optimistic as far as the next six months compared to the last six. I do think we're probably out of the worst um, pending no other further issues, but I guess we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, yeah. it'll be an interesting rest of the year. I think it's yeah. been a very interesting start to the year yeah sure is <laughs>
0: sure it's a
1: grind it's a grind yeah. for for clients it's a grind for us as yeah. you know buyers agents a lot of the time it's um it's a right now it's a lot of waiting for any homes in in clients searches to to really hit the market and come up because it's been so sparse yeah, yeah. we've seen some of the slowest days in the last month here of of um, new listings hitting the market i i uh, f- especially for March, April, like mm-hmm. we're used to seeing the spring kind of come in with a bang, and it it hasn't yet. So,
2: well, I won. Uh, I think we're going to aim to do another one of these by the end of this week on Thursday or Friday. So come Thursday or Friday, we'll do a follow up to see what sales came in over Easter weekend and how things are now progressing into the week after. Especially since the
1: weather is really turning now, and we're getting up, yeah, you know week, into yeah, the yeah. the seventies and eighties even yeah. come. Yeah at yeah. the end
2: of the week. All right, we'll end it there today. Um and we'll we'll update everybody by the end of the week on how things are looking. Peace.